This is Waddle and Sylvie. Follow us on the gram at Waddle and Sylvie and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Friday is uh, going well. There's a lot to get to, and we always appreciate the time of uh, President of Baseball Operations for the Cubs, Theo Epstein. It's Waddle and Sylvie, and Theo joins us now. Theo, how you feeling today? Happy Friday. I'm doing well. Happy Friday. Good to be with you guys. Sylvie, how you doing, man? I've been thinking about you. I appreciate that, Theo, and, and I appreciate uh, you reaching out early in this and, and thinking about me. Uh, you're, you're fantastic when to all that it meant a lot it meant a lot to my family um how how is everything going with you guys right now do you think that we could pull this thing off yeah you know it's it's actually going well um the the vibe in our camp is great i i'm incredibly impressed with our and proud of our players uh they're bringing a great attitude to the park every day uh discipline uh thoughtfulness uh, sense of collaboration and awareness of you know, the world around them and the impact of, of their their actions on on each other and and, and on um, you know the broader community as a whole so it's been you know a nice little bubble in here for us uh, obviously it's you know there, there are stressors and their anxieties and we're dealing with things that uh, you know you don't typically deal with in, in the course of, of, of a, a training camp. Um, but it, it's, it's gone about as well as we possibly could have imagined, um, you know, knock on wood, everyone has stayed safe and healthy and, and we're getting our, our work in. So, um, we're mindful that there's a lot more work to be done, uh, off the field to allow us to get work done on the field. And that's not going to be easy. And we haven't had to travel yet and that there are forces beyond anyone's control. But as of now, it, it really is going well. Theo, as you look to the the sixty game schedule, is it something that you say, "Wow, this is a pain in the ass," or is it possibly, in some ways, a, a, an excitement to try and be creative and manage a baseball team or be the president of a baseball team in a situation that you could have never ever predicted? Yeah, you know, I think the attitude that that we're all trying to take, not just with the schedule, but but with everything that's different, which is just about everything um, in our, in our personal lives and uh, in our professional lives right now is, is to embrace the difference and embrace the novelty and take it as an opportunity. Cause if, if you look for things to complain about, whether it's the schedule or, you know, the burden of, you know, absurd administrative things or the protocols or the testing, you'll, you'll find things to complain about literally every 10 seconds. Um, so, and that's not going to lead you anywhere productive. So, the guys have done a great job, and I'm trying to follow their lead and, and staying really positive and, and seeing all the newness as, as an opportunity. You know, uh, we hope that all of us hope we're never going to be in this situation again, um, and and well, let's try to make something great of it. So the schedule is is part of that. It's an oper- It's it's you know, realistically, um, we knew we weren't going to play that 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 many more than 60 games. Maybe we could have squeezed a few more in there, but that's not the way it turned out. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's a great opportunity to try to get off to a hot start, ride some momentum, ride the emotion of, uh, um, you know, this type of schedule and turn it into something wonderful. 
You know, when you look at the season, uh, we've debated on the show, Theo, do, do general managers, presidents like you, do you go for it as much as any other year? So I guess the best way to ask this is, is a 60-game season this year equal in your mind to a normal 162-game season? Yeah, I don't know. I can't speak for, for everybody else, but I, I, there is kind of a consensus brewing in our camp that, you know, when when we were contemplating this type of arrangement and when we were getting ready to report and making all the arrangements, I think if you ask the typical um, member of the Cubs organization, whether it was player or front office, there would have been some skepticism about it. Is this, is this legitimate? Is, is uh, you know, is, is the World Series champion going to be um, as, as special will, will championship be as meaningful this year as it's been in the past. And then now that we're here and, and we're seeing um, just how much hard work and, and teamwork um, and discipline uh, and care goes into to pulling this off and just having a chance to, to compete, let alone to, to prosper and thrive and ultimately win. I think we all feel like uh, maybe the trophy should be even bigger this year because, uh, you know, the team that can, withstand all this um you know first of all it won't just be 26 guys or 30 guys it'll be you know the whole community the whole organization and really the whole community around them and, and the hard work of everyone across the industry um allowing the game to be to, to go on but it's, it's going to take a lot extra uh to compete and and to and to prosper at a high level this year so yeah i think it's it's very legitimate despite some of the differences do you like the makeup of your team and how you're positioned for a 60 game sprint yeah, I do. I, you know, it's. I don't think it's. It, it, you know, it's not. It's not the type of issue where you want to get too overly analytical, and, and and you know, you could talk about things like, you know, maybe maybe one of our weaknesses is is uh, you know starting pitching depth, and and hopefully that's less likely to show up sixty or one sixty two. But I think really, it, it it's about um, you know the the feel of the team, the vibe of the team, the motivation of the team, how invested they are in each other, how invested they are in being here, how invested they are in, in, in the leadership and their manager and how, how invested they are in, in winning. And, you know, this, this group, it, it's, it's been off the charts so far. Obviously we haven't faced, you know, the, the typical baseball adversity yet that always, that always comes around in the first week of the season. Um, so it's, it'll be important to see how we respond when things aren't going well, but we have faced some real world adversity so far, everybody just by showing up every day. Um, and, these guys really want to be here. They really want to uh, win for each other, keep each other safe, and, and, and win at the same time. And they want to win for their, their first-year manager that they're really fond of. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot to prove after the last couple of years and, and you know, questioning a little bit of the identity of the group. And uh, this, this is a golden opportunity to do that. And there's a, there's a, there's a feeling you know, that things don't last forever. And, 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 you know, with what's going on in the world, it's just a great reminder of how ephemeral this this is, you know, the, the ability to compete at a high level, the ability to play together, the ability to stay together as a group, regardless of, you know, you know, you know, the contract situations or windows or anything like that. Life is ephemeral. So it's important to, to seize the moment. Our guys are really, really eager to do that while obviously keeping one eye on or, you know, first dealing with the issue of health and safety and then and then being cherishing the opportunity to compete and win. Theo, a, a, a follow-up on your manager. It, could this actually be a, 
a, a real positive w- with Rossi and the enthusiasm that he brings and just a different style in a sprint like this. Maybe this is a positive, a, a, you know, a, a significant positive on that front. I, I think it is, you know, but honestly, look, if you're, I'm, I'm biased. And then also every organization, if you ask them, you know, is, is your, is your manager uh, sort of an asset in a situation like this, they would say yes, because it is an opportunity for leaders to, to come to the forefront and, there are a lot of talented managers around the game, all with different styles, who who are who are leading. Uh, I'm sure effectively right now, based on you know what, what I'm hearing from other camps. But I'll just say this firsthand: you know, observing just our, our practices and our inter-squad games in an empty ballpark, you know, in hot, humid days in Chicago, with everything going on off the field, with some you know initial uh, hiccups in the testing process that challenged everybody. Um, it'd be real easy to have. Um, going through the motions type of vibe on the field and, and, and to lack energy. And, you know, th- there's, there's the manager in his just effortless way, um, providing um, energy and, and being really vocal and, and upbeat, but, in, but in, a, in an authentic way that really connects with players. And you just feel the, the energy level, of the entire group rise, rise to meet him. And so, yeah, I wouldn't want to imagine this without him right now. And I think uh, you know everyone around here feels really fortunate that that he's here to lead this group and the connection that he has with these guys. It'd be tough on any first-year manager coming in from the outside, you know, to to lead through this situation with with a you know young but fairly veteran team at this point. And the respect they have for him allows him to um, lead the way that we need him to right now. Theo Epstein joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN One Thousand. So you, you mentioned that you didn't want to get into like too analytically about starting pitching in the short season versus a long season. But do you believe like for the 60-game sprint, for us as the fan and for the game, that this could be really fun where the strategy is even ramped up more so than a regular season? Yeah, absolutely. I think, first of all, it'll be fun because every, every team is in it. You know, over, over 162 games. Uh, a meritocracy tends to develop and, and, and the best teams win, you know, a, uh, a 90 win, a, a 90 win true talent level team is going to beat a 71 true talent level team, 99 times out of a hundred. I think the numbers are over 162. Um, but uh, uh, a, a 71 team will, will actually outperform a 90 win, 91 true talent level team close to 10% of the time over 60 games. So like literally every team is in it from the, the worst team to the best team. And every game counts basically the equivalent of an entire series before. So yeah, there, there are going to be decisions on, you know, allocating your, your, your resources um, over the course of the season. You have to do it differently over 60 than over 162. You know, when you choose to use your best relievers, how you look at, you know, a three run lead, one run lead, one run deficit, three run deficit, when to, when to play for tomorrow versus when to kind of preserve an opportunity to come back and play for today. All, all of that stuff is, is now seen through a different lens, you know, development versus, versus, uh, versus winning now. It's all seen through a different lens because there's, you know, it's just an accelerated schedule. You get, you know, a team that gets off to, uh, you know, 15 and 10 start might be in pole position and, 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 and looking to, you know, sort of go for it and put the hammer down a team that's 10 and 15 might consider themselves out of it. And that's, you know, that's a swing of five games over, over the first 25 games of the season. So uh, this underscores how, how different the, the strategy is going to be this year. You happy to see the universal DH in place and is it here to stay? Um, 
Yeah, I think it's the right solution, you know, for for this year. Um, is it and is it here to stay? I I, I don't I don't know. I, it's uh, technically it's an open question for 2021, and and then something that will probably have a more permanent resolution within the collective bargaining agreement. But um, you know, having experienced both leagues, I, I'm 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 torn on it. Um, I'm consider myself a traditionalist and really like the National League style of play, but it's also extremely frustrating when, when pitchers get hurt um, swinging the bat or, or, or running the bases. And there's, there's so much um, talent in this game, you know, that the, the DH spot allows you to squeeze an extra bat in there and not having pitchers hit allows them to focus on what they do best. So I'm fine either way, but I think it's, um, it's the right solution for this year, clearly, clearly and, and perhaps going forward. Waddle hates the runner on second uh, in extra Because <laughs> I'm a baseball traditionalist yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Well, Waddle, I'll, I'll tell you this. So, you know, I think most people around the game initially hated the idea when it was when it was brought to the table a few years ago and then tried in the minor leagues. And I think nobody hated it more than, like, the traditional guys who, in, in player development and in the minor leagues and minor league fans. And then once once it went into effect, you know, we, we had skeptics and cynics all over the place. And once it went into effect in the minor leagues, Everybody actually loved it, you know, from the fans to, to you know, 30-year veteran minor league managers to the players. It, it became um, something that added strategy, excitement, and, and efficiency to the game. So I'm not saying you're going to love it, but be prepared to be, uh, you know, a little open-minded about it, maybe a little bit more into it than you think. And certainly for this year, it's a good way to try it because you can, you can justify it because with, uh, with the attrition these rosters are going to face and, and, and the travel restrictions that uh, – that are designed to keep everybody safe. It's going to be really hard to, to survive, you know, a 15 inning game this year compared to most years. Theo, you, you're always big into growing the game and you've talked to us about being on the committee and balls not being put in play. And, and you know, the mm-hmm. fans, you, you were a fan yourself and I know this isn't your department. I know you have bigger fish to fry, but when we tell people, Hey, Theo's coming on the air, they all tweet us and they say, ask him about marquee. Do you, what, what do you believe? What do you hear? Will every Cub fan be able to watch your game in two weeks? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, when I talk to Crane, it's not my department. You know, we have so much going on with the team. But when I talk to Crane about it, he's really confident that uh, that there's going to be a deal. I mean, there's no secret that there's a tremendous appetite for any entertainment right now, given given how much people are stuck in their homes, and especially sports, given the absence of sports from the landscape the last four months and especially Cubs baseball um, around here. So it would, it would sure be a shame if uh, that, um, that appetite were, were not taken care of. But I, I, I think, look, every, you know, there, there, there are proper incentives on all sides to, to get a deal done. And I'd, I'd be really, really surprised if Cubs fans uh, can't just flip on a device one way or another and watch the Cubs play. Uh, Theo, again, I know you're focused on this year, but as the president of the team, you're always have an eye on the future as well. And I'm just interested, and I have the same question for all the professional sports, but baseball now mm-hmm. is, is forefront. Uh, how different is the financial lands- landscape going to look in the immediate future? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a very legitimate question. Um, and, and, like, you're probably equally as qualified to answer it as I am because it's just there's just – conjecture out there i mean nobody knows if their revenues next year under like a true best case scenario where um 
you know, the country and the world develop a, a quicker solution to this pandemic than anticipated and, and things can get relatively back to normal in, in the ballpark. You could be looking at close to full revenues and then that's one answer. And then, you know, if 2021 looks a lot like, like 2020, God forbid, um, then you're looking at a much different answer. And those are probably the, the, the poles, right? That, that those are the extremes and, and the answer is probably going to be somewhere in the middle. So, um, you know, these days you, you really can't even predict how things are going to look next week, let alone next year, let alone next, you know, five years and the new CBA, things of that nature. And, and then it can be, you know, talking too much about money can be borderline disrespectful. Um, when, you know, the new currency of the game and of our society and of our country is uh, health and safety and, and taking care of, of one another. And, and I think that deserves our, our focus and, and let's hope we get back to normal uh, sooner rather than later. And the currency can, can go back to being wins and losses. And then for those, you know, and then obviously dollars and cents are, are part of that too. But for now we're really focused on what's most important. Right. Theo, when, when, when the George Floyd murder happened, you went out of your way to really go to the forefront of this around the major league baseball draft. What was the mindset for you to be as outspoken as you were? Um, yeah, you know, I, it, that was not really an effort to go to the forefront. It, it, it was um, an attempt to say things that I, I, I feel needed to be said. And, and uh, you know, for me, talking about um, specifically about um, my, minority representation in front offices and, and, you know, how much we lag as an industry in, in that regard and, and how much we, we lag here as an organization with, uh, at the Cubs in that regard, it was something that I wanted to point out and then take personal responsibility for it too. And I think if, you know, by, um, by calling myself out and, you know, being secure enough really to, to talk about the reality that we all carry unconscious biases, um, whether, whether we like it or not, and that um, very few of us are intentional enough um, about promoting diversity, equality, and inclusion uh, when it comes to hiring and other decisions. Um, that, A, holds me accountable publicly uh, going forward, which I think is important and which we should, we should all put ourselves in a position to be held accountable. And B, you know, I think just given, given the fact that some of the teams I've been with have had some success and whatnot, I think it, it, my words, I knew they'd get out there a little bit. And, and it also might who knows, it might cause some other executives in the game um, to also look inside and, and ponder their own potential unconscious biases and whether they're being intentional enough um, in their hiring practices and, and becoming part of the solution for diversity and inclusion and equality. And, and so I think both of those things are good. So I really saw no downside to, uh, to speaking out, and except that words alone are not enough and, and that you know, um, at this time that we're all looking inward and we're all listening and we're all learning. Um, the time is certainly now to, to turn those words into into actions, and that process is is, is well underway. Um, you know, for me personally, and then here at the Cubs and, and in the industry. So, this is an inflection point in in history, and um, shame on shame on us if we don't take advantage of it and and create more of a level playing field that everyone deserves. And I'll say this too: I think that. You know, we're spending every day talking about the coronavirus with the players and the importance of 
um, understanding that um, every individual's behavior um, has dramatic impacts on those around him. You know, even words, too, especially with the coronavirus behavior. You know, if you make bad decisions, if you're irresponsible, that doesn't just impact you. It impacts all your teammates and all their families. And their families and, and their careers, and in in that regard, I think the two major topics um, surrounding in the country right now and surrounding the game right now, which is the coronavirus and social justice and and you know, and, and systemic racism, they they have that in common uh, because as you think about the issue of racism in our society and in baseball, you know, an important first step is understanding how much um, one's own behaviors and attitudes and unconscious biases and words uh, impact those um, uh, impact, impact one's teammates and impact the culture of an organization and whether every single person can feel as welcome as, as they should be walking the clubhouse doors or the front office doors on a given day. So, you know, we're already in this mindset of, of, uh, really um, enhancing our focus on uh, and our awareness of, of the impact of our own actions, which I think is a great state to be in. It's how we grow as people and grow as a society. So I think trying to apply that not just to uh, the coronavirus because it's an acute issue right in front of our face, but also to the issue of social justice and ending racism is, is a really productive place to be. And I think that's where we are as an organization right now. Have you had the same conversation with the players about this message? Is Do you feel like something that Rossi would talk about, the guys would talk about? Are you comfortable where, where your team is in discussing all these these issues uh, internally? Yeah, we have. You know, we, we it was uh, a major topic um, the first day um, when, we, when we got back together. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to get into specifics because it's, it's confidential and a club, club activity. Um, but a, a number of number of us spoke up about the issue, and then there are there are follow up meetings um, that are taking place and that are scheduled to to make sure that um, we provide the right opportunity for for listening, for growth, uh, for learning, and and for developing that sense of of, of awareness that's important to uh, to progress to real solutions. Uh, Theo, just to reiterate, to let before we let you go, um, I know you said at the beginning that look, you could find something to complain about every single day, but your the current testing for the team is being held up today. Is that the case still? No, no, it's it, um, it actually um, has resolved, and we were uh, we were all negative um, oh, again. To, again, to, we tested negative. We're, we're not negative; we're positive, but we tested negative um, again again today. And no, it was just a hiccup where, you know, the, the nature of, of this testing is, yes, there were some, some hiccups with the shipping um, component of it early on, which is to be expected, you know, to, to go from, from, you know, conducting zero tests of this nature to 17,000 a week. It's expected that there's going to be some growing pains and MLB and the Players Association both, you know, took ownership of that and, and made some adjustments and, and things are running a lot more smoothly now. Um, you know, there's 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 a a timing element of of the testing and an accuracy element of the testing, and, and sometimes it's hard to have both, right? If you if you're going to want instantaneous testing, the nature of those tests um, is they're just not quite as accurate. So, uh, and, and and also you may be taking resources away from 
from those who need it elsewhere in society and, and are more on the front lines of, of uh, you know, the most important elements of, of, of this fight right now. So the system that MLB developed converting a PED lab in Utah into um, a very, very accurate coronavirus testing facility has actually proved to be a really good solution. There were some hiccups with timing. It's being worked out today. We just, um, because of the, the accuracy involved, we, have, we had to wait on a couple tests a little bit longer. And so we decided to push our workout back. But uh, everyone's getting in a better rhythm. The, the accuracy is uh, second to none across the world with this testing. And that's really important because we're testing, you know, for safety. The, the testing is the bedrock. Of, of the protocols that are going to keep us safe. So it's rounding into shape. You know, there were, there were people who were justifiably upset early because it wasn't perfect. And, uh, you know, I think the MLB and, and the players um, have all worked together to, to try to get it right. And it seems like we're getting into a better rhythm with it right now, even though we had to push today back just a couple hours. Theo, uh, we appreciate it, as you know, uh, your candor. We always enjoy the conversations. And again, I can't, I cannot uh, tell you how much it meant to me for you to to reach out to me via email and and really a thoughtful email and to care about my fight. That means a lot. And uh, all the best to you, your family, and the Cubs. Thank you. Thank you, Theo. You got it. Uh, thanks, guys. You're a great example for for all of us. Keep up the good fight, and you got uh, all the Chicago sports behind you, buddy. Thanks, Theo. There he is. Cubs president Theo Epstein.